You're listening to Church on the Path Inspiration Podcast. Brought to you by Holy Fire. And broadcasting from the heart of Brisbane City, Australia. Speaking today is Pastor Glenn Gerhauser. So I'm going to share a message today called Creatively Sharing the Good News. Creatively Sharing the Good News. This one has been on my heart for, uh, yeah, for quite a while, for quite a while. So, Father, we come to you right now as we break open your word. Let it be like breaking open fresh bread. And may may you speak to us and may we hear your voice. And may we be empowered and inspired to share the good news. Be glorified over Brisbane City, over our hearts and our lives. Equip us to be those who uh, share your good word everywhere we go and constantly, Lord, looking for opportunities in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, let me just get my my notes here are uh, disappearing. <laughs> all right, there we go. All right, let's all pray together. If you put your hands on your hearts, please, and pray this nice and loud with me. Dear Jesus, speak to my heart and change my life in your precious name. Amen. Okay, again, creatively sharing the good news. This is number five in your provider. And our opening text this morning, our foundational text, is 2 Corinthians 9.10, which reads, Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. I'll read that one more time. Now, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. So the theme this morning is a simple theme. The Father provides for providers. The Father provides for providers. And today, I want to share seven ways you can creatively share the good news. But that's coming more near the end. Uh, I want to share with you seven ways you can creatively share the good news. I especially want to build on Daniel Hang's message last week, what he taught. And the beautiful thing is that he taught by example. He didn't just say Things or just teach us. It wasn't just words, but he taught by example. He, all these years, he's been living this, as well as Diane. Both of them have been living this. And then they share the message out of how they have been obedient to the Lord. So he first lived it and then shared it. And that's what genuine disciples do. Uh, But before I share these seven, before I share the seven ways of creatively sharing sharing the good news, I want us to focus on one of God's ways, one of God's ways. And knowing this way of God and trusting it is the foundation of sharing the good news. So we need to know this way of God and trust who God is in order to share the good news. Now, the Father desires lifelong obedience to him. It's a constant and continual walking with him through the heights and valleys of life. 
Even church life has its heights and its valleys. But the Father desires lifelong obedience to him. Too many Christians disappear and drop out when times are tough or when things are changing. And so we need to be those who stick to the path through the ups and downs and through the changes. So this brings us soon to the first point, but I found this uh, recently. I'd share the gospel, but I don't have the gift of evangelism. You sing hymns and you don't have the gift of singing. (laughs) And so uh, sharing the gospel is not just for those who have the gift of evangelism. It's It's for everybody. It's for everybody. And here is, this is what I'm going to cover soon, but I'm just showing you this quickly. This is an infographic that I recently made. Actually, I made it a, a little while ago, but felt like this is the time to share it. Never shared it before. How to share the good news creatively. A few ideas to get you started. Now, I, want you, I won't let you see it yet. <laughs> just a little taste, and then we'll get to it <laughs> when we when we get there. But the first point this morning is out of 2 Corinthians 9.10, our main text, and that is God supplies seed to the sower. God supplies seed to the sower. And what is a disciple of Jesus? A disciple of Jesus constantly and continually sows. A disciple of Jesus constantly and continually sows. That's what it means to be a disciple, is that you're someone that's constantly sowing. You may have seen this before. This is Van Gogh's uh, painting of the sower, and he did a few of these types of paintings. And like I said the other week, Van Gogh was was inspired by the Bible. He actually wanted to be a minister. But unfortunately, the institutional church at that time rejected him, and he, uh, you know, it really affected him, and later on in life, he had mental health issues, but he was a beautiful artist, and here you see the sower sowing seed. And then this is another one of a sower sowing seed, and what stood out to me. It's a little bit dark here. You can see it better maybe on the screen. But he has, you see, he's got a sack. He's got this sack, and that's where he's keeping the seed. That is where he's keeping the seed to sow it. And one of the the things I found, I saw this with Daniel Hang. He's got a little sack too. And he walks around with it. He's got tracks in there and all sorts of things, like these bookmarks that he's talked about and different Bibles, and little Bibles, all sorts of things. And one of the good things is to be prepared. And when I was looking at this uh, painting this morning, I was reminded I have my own little bag here. I'll bring it out. But I just cleared it out uh, because it was getting too messy in there. You know, it's looking like one of these women's, you know, handbags where you pull out. Oh, yeah, here's the kitchen sink. <laughs> here's the scissors. Here's the. Oh, you've got a cut? I have something for that in here. You know, you've got everything in there. Well, this is my, my little bag, and I just cleared it out, and, and uh, it reminded me that I need to put in some, some tracks, some materials, some different infographics. That way I can give it out when the time comes up, when the opportunity comes. What is uh, the life of a a disciple? It's a life of giving and planting. Giving and planting. And that's what sowing is. You're giving and you're planting. When you live to give, when you live to give and plant, the Father goes out of his way to supply seed. When you live to give and plant, The Father goes out of his way to supply seed. The Father especially provides forgivers. And we're talking about the Father being our provider. He he especially provides for givers. And so this is the life that Anna and I have been 
endeavoring to live for 23 years. We're celebrating 23 years of ministry today. Uh, oh, no, not today, this week. <laughs> not that, but it was uh, this week, you know, I sent out the text, the 1st of June. So 20, 23 years of ministry this week, the 1st of June, 1999, we, I came here, and then Anna and I were setting up for what we're doing now. Then we got married and all those beautiful things. Um, and what we've been endeavoring to do is to sow, to sow. Now, here's the deal. Don't wait till you have an abundance to give. Are you with me here? You're listening. Don't wait till you have an abundance to give. That is the mistake that most people fall into. I don't have enough seed. I don't have enough resources. I don't have enough things. You do. You do. God's sowers are those who abundantly give even when they have little. God's sowers are those who abundantly give even though they have little. Think about the widow with the two mites. She gave more than anyone else Jesus observed. She gave those two, two mites she had. And think about the widow with just a little oil. She poured out that oil into borrowed vessels, and it kept on flowing and flowing and flowing. One of the things that the Father wants to teach us is that he gives seed to the sower. Can I hear an amen? amen. He gives seed to the sower. So someone that sows, someone that gives, he, it's like he sees your sack. Okay, your sack, you're giving, and you're down to your, to your last seed. Let me pour in some more seed. And we should see things like finances, resources, possession, our time, our words, especially the word of God, as seed. Seed to be sown. And when you see it as seed, and when you live with that perspective of this is seed to be sown for the purpose of a harvest, God multiplies it. He gives seed to the sower. I'm going to say that over and over. God gives seed to the sower. The increased cost of living does not deter the father's sowers because our eyes are not on the winds and waves, but on Jesus. Are you with me here? I don't know if you've been watching the news, but we've been watching the news, and sometimes I just turn it off. It gets too stressful. Every night, the story is, this is going up. Electricity is going up. Phone bills are going up. Food costs are going up. There's not enough food in the grocery store. Oh, I mean, every night it's been something about inflation, the cost of living. All of this can make us quite fearful. Don't worry, it affects me too. That's why I was like, let me not look at this too much. But then we come to the Word of God, and we see in Matthew 14, 30, when Peter got his eyes off of Jesus on, and on the the waves and the wind, he started to sink. So we need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Again, the increased cost of living does not deter the father's sowers because our eyes are not on the winds and the waves, but on Jesus. And one gives and he has more. Another withholds what the little things he has and then even loses the very little he has. So live a life of generosity and abundance and especially as we are talking about sharing sharing the good news with those in need we even have to share the good news with God's people too <laughs> I found this I don't know who you are but I will find you and I will preach to you have you seen that movie <laughs> With Liam Neeson, he was one of the, uh, he played a funny version of the Pilgrim's Progress before he was ever known. And if you see that, you would uh, it kind of puts in perspective his career as an actor because it was a very low budget, very low budget film. <laughs> but here, this is from a meme from Taken. And uh, most of you know the story, so I won't explain it to you. 
So the second point here is sowing in faith is the mark of a genuine disciple. Sowing in faith is the mark of a genuine disciple. Sowing in faith is the mark of a good steward. And interestingly, Jesus teaches us about good stewardship from a wasteful steward. So let's look at Luke 16, 1 through 15. And I've got up here on the board very soon. On the board, yeah, on the TV. <laughs> I've got up here uh, Luke 16, 1 through 9. So what I said before, sowing in faith is the mark of a good steward. So let's look at uh, Luke 16, 1 through 9. And I'm going to read this one to you. This is the parable of, the, it could be called the parable of the unrighteous manager or the unrighteous steward. Jesus told his disciples there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions. So he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be manager any longer. The manager said to himself, what shall I do now? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do so that when I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 900 gallons of olive oil, he replied. Now, I'll just stop there. I, I calculated it, and that's around $30,000. Uh, 900 gallons of olive oil in today's value. Uh, he replied, the manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it 450. So in other words, he cut $15,000 out. He gave him $15,000. Then he asked the second, how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. And I, I'm, uh, now this is off the top of my head. I, I did write it down in my journal. I think this is about uh, $12,000 here. Uh, a thousand bushels of wheat, he replied, and he told them, take your bill and make it 800. So he's slashing it again. The master commended the dishonest manager because he acted shrewdly. In other words, he acted with wisdom. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. I'm gonna, we're going to pause right there, but I'm going to read the rest also. Well, I'll read the rest a little later. I'll read the rest a little later. So this wasteful steward woke up to, uh, and this wasteful steward wakes us up. Let me say it like this. This wasteful steward wakes us up to the importance of practicing generosity. Now, often when people read this, they don't understand what Jesus is trying to say. So I'm going to sum up, before we get into these seven creative ways of sharing the gospel, I'm going to sum up, focusing on the first one, of the purpose. What's the purpose? I'm going to sum up the purpose of this parable. Jesus had a threefold purpose in sharing the parable. What is this? What is his purpose in sharing the parable? Well, the first thing is use all your wealth and resources for eternal purposes. Use all your wealth and resources for eternal purposes. Use wealth so that people make it into the eternal kingdom. So I don't know if you understood that last phrase here in this part of the parable where Jesus says, look at what he says here, for the, uh, for the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the, of the light. So he's teaching us a lesson to learn from people that are, are not Christians, not 
covenant people of God, uh, not righteous, but they have something to teach us. And I just want to say here, before I get further, as believers, we need to be listening to everything uh, and, and watching and listening to everything and not just think that uh, God is speaking through Christians because he can speak through other things. And Jesus was like this. He was always he's, he's looking at creation. Of course, he's the creator. And, and this is an, I'm sure he saw some type of example of this happening and then he makes a parable of it. Uh, there's, through the whole entire world, the Lord is speaking. Now, what I want to get at is this last verse. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourselves so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. What is he saying here? He's saying, use all your wealth, use all your resources, use everything so that one day when you go into heaven, you have a big welcoming committee. And this welcoming committee is saying, yeah, thank you, Barbara, for all your giving, for all your sowing, for all your prayers, because I'm here and I became a strong believer because of your life. And then Davina, oh, you come into heaven. This is great welcoming committee. We saw everything you sold. We saw everything you sacrificed. We saw, and they're not going to be bringing up the things that the Lord has put under his blood. <laughs> We saw, we saw what you did, and we're here because of you. And there's a great welcoming committee. That's okay. It's nothing we can. If we just, uh, if you can just put it up again. Thanks. Uh, we're not going to allow the devil to knock over our light. <laughs> I'm going to keep. Keep shining. <laughs> so this is what Jesus is saying. We are to use our money, our resources, our time, our energy, everything that God has given us for an eternal purpose. This is what it means to be a good steward, steward a good manager. And he, this unrighteous steward, he, he gave, he forgave debt, he, he gave, and he was winning people's hearts. And we're meant to win people for the gospel. We're meant to win people to Jesus. So when you arrive in heaven, if you are living like this, when you arrive in heaven, you'll be met by an overjoyed team, an overjoyed welcome team. That will thank you for what you gave. There's a song like that that I'm remembering. Uh, thank you for giving to the Lord. I have a life that was changed. Do you remember how it goes, Anna? Thank you for giving to the Lord. I have a life that was changed. A life? A life? <laughs> I have a life that was changed. So this is the main purpose of the parable. But also Jesus goes on to say, as he teaches this and shares this parable, and I'm turning over there to, you turn over there to Luke chapter 16. We'll look at after verse 9, verse 10. Then Jesus goes on to say, he who is faithful in a very little thing is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous in much. Now, today I want to be faithful in a very little thing. We're here. It's 3 p.m. We don't normally meet at 3 p.m., but we had to because of the marathon. Thank you, Yushi, for <laughs> notifying us. Uh, and we don't have big crowds here, to say the least. But being a steward means being faithful in the little things. And then God can trust us with more. Uh, and I would encourage you, little things, be faithful. And building on what Daniel was saying and Diane, they would be faithful to share with the ones and the twos. And there is great weight 
in sharing with the ones and twos. And this, is, this again, is this way of God, this principle of God. He who is faithful in very little <coughs> is faithful also in much. And he who is unrighteous in a very little thing is unrighteous also in much. So another part of this parable is teaching us be faithful in the little things. Be faithful in the little things. Third, the last thing is you cannot serve both God and wealth. So the circumstances right now and the pressure right now is for us to focus on the wealth and everything is going up and I'm not going to sow anymore. I'm going to hold it all to myself and uh, keep the seed to myself, so to speak. And we need to continue to live to serve God by keeping our eyes on God and knowing that God gives seed to the sower. You cannot serve both God and wealth. And here wealth in the Greek, it's like, a, it's like a, an idol. A pers- it's the mammon is personified wealth. It's like an idol, a thing. Um, and I'll read this to you. This is the end of what Jesus was saying in the parable. No servant can serve two masters, for he, he, for he will either hate the one and love the other, or else he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. So we've got to make our decision, who are we going to serve? And I'm deciding to serve God. And I hope we can all say that I'm, this, I'm going to serve God. Now, the Pharisees didn't like this because afterward it said, now the Pharisees who were lovers of money were listening to all these things and were scoffing at him. And Jesus said, you are those who justify yourselves in the sight of men, but God knows your hearts. For that which is highly esteemed among men is detestable in the sight of God. Now, I'm just thinking here, I'm building this message on what Daniel shared and I thought he did an excellent job. And if you heard, haven't heard, I know he did an excellent job. And if you haven't heard that message, it's called It's Time. Listen to it. And the thing about Daniel and Diane is this. And we have many treasures in this church. Each one of you is a treasure. <laughs> Each one of you is a jewel and treasure. Each one of you at home, you're a jewel and you're a treasure and you mean a lot to us. Now, one of the things I know about Daniel and Diane is they don't have lots of money, and yet they give more than rich people. They live a life to give. They can't do what they're doing in their own self. I know them. I've known them for many years. They can't go on these trips. They can't produce these things. But what the Father sees is these guys are sowers, so I'm just going to pour into them seed. And God keeps on pouring into them seed. And I don't know how many years it's been, over uh, 15 years or whatever, that they've been going out like this. But if they were living like the people in the world, they'd be huddled up in their home by themselves, eating, you know, just feasting on the little things that they have. They're not, what I'm saying is, they're not doing this because they have an abundance in the world's eyes. They're doing this because they know they have an abundance in God. And so they go out and go all across Australia, go from one state to another state, to, to towns that are neglected and people that are usually forgotten. And they go out by faith because they know that they serve a big God and Father. And what I'm saying is they're an example to us that if you live a life of sowing, Watch how God provides. Because God's like, I'm going to back that person. And you don't know where the backing is coming from. And often you don't know where the funds are coming from. But God sees and the Father says, I'm going to back, I'm going to back what they're doing. And all of us can live like this. Our ministries will look different than Daniel and Diane, but it, we will all be sharing the good news and the way that God has uh, moved us to, empowered us to. 
So here, coming near to the end here, here are seven creative ways to share the good news. We got here. Amen. Say hallelujah. hallelujah. Say amen. amen. All right, here it is, and I'll be publishing this soon. How to share the good news creatively. A few ideas to get you started. So this is not all the ways. This is to get you started. And I'll share, share some of these verses too. So the first thing is write. Write. Write your story. Like we were talking about last week, your origin story. Or it's not just your story. I, I, one, of the, one of the things that's powerful is if you write your story down on a, on a little track piece of paper, when you give it to somebody, you tell somebody, this is my story. And they're more apt to read it because it's not, oh, you know, I bought this thing online and it's a good thing and here it is. But I, I, I wrote this. This is what God did in my life. And you keep it sh short and sweet if you can. Um, Maybe some of you have a whole book in you. That's cool, too. <laughs> write your story or write a story. Write a story. Now, Jesus, we just saw Jesus' example. That was a parable. That is something he created with the Father, and he shared that parable. It was a fictional story to teach uh, eternal truth. So it doesn't have to be nonfiction. I think I... I, I Talk to a lot of Christians, and they think, oh, nonfiction is God, and fiction is not God. But no, that's a wrong way of thinking, and, and God needs to break all of our weird uh, type of thinking that is developed in the Christian world um, that is un not doesn't line up with the Scripture because Jesus was often sharing parables. Jesus specialized in telling fictional stories, parables, to illustrate the truth. So you may write a little fictional story. You could share a fictional story. <clears throat> but I'm going to say write. Whether it's fiction or nonfiction, write inspired by the Holy Spirit and watch how God uses it. You think of a man like C.S. Lewis. He never probably expected that his Chronicles of Narnia would become movies that millions upon millions of people would see. But what inspired him was the kingdom of God, and it was an unusual way to share it. But he used that form of uh, writing, that genre of writing, fantasy genre, to communicate a message. And those who have eyes to see know who uh, the lion is. What's the lion's name? Aslan. Yeah, I didn't want to mess. <laughs> I didn't want to mess it up on. Uh, on the recording, uh, Aslan. So, write. And then another thing you could do is craft. Craft. Design something. God used artisans to build this tabernacle. And then those artisans who built the tabernacle, uh, the Lord filled them with the Spirit to do it, and the Lord then filled the tabernacle with His Spirit. So design something. God used artisans to build this tabernacle, filling them with his spirit of wisdom. So spirit of wisdom in Scripture is not just about a pithy sayings. It's also having to do with craft. And we have a craftsman here. Who well, Now when I sit in my bedroom, I'm blessed because he helped put down the, uh, uh, the floor. What are the vinyl floor, right? <laughs> And it's a, it's a blessing. Now, Anna's very uh, crafty. Is that, did that sound right? <laughs> but she's very good with crafts. Uh, Valerie's very good with crafts. Even Valerie's writing little books that she makes up. And Davina, yeah, she, graphic design and crafts. And, and uh, Eva... She is amazing. Whatever, she, whatever Eva sets her mind to, she can, she can do. And she's made all sorts of beautiful things. Well, craft is a way to share the good news, even if it's not specifically about the good news. The fact that you're doing it and you're giving it and you're blessing someone speaks to people. It speaks volumes to people.
And so craft is one of the ways that you can creatively share the good news. And I'm also thinking, I'm thinking about something that happened recently. Well, first, Diane designs these bookmarks. They give them out. God uses it to touch people. Um, Allie, she made these, she's been doing this. She's been making these beautiful bouquets. Of course, the flowers cost money, but she has them from her course. She, go, she went to the neighbor recently. A couple of times she went to her neighbor and gave it to her, and the neighbor said, you guys are real Christians. And it wasn't that she was going to give, here, I'll give you these roses if I can share with you for 10 minutes about Jesus. It's not about doing that. You just give the flowers. It was more than roses. You give the flowers, and then I'm oh, just thinking about you. And you may say, I'm praying for you. It was on my heart to give this to you. And when Allie gave it to our neighbor, it was just at the right time because her mom had passed away. I think she was going to her mother's house. It was just at the right time, and it spoke to her. Now, what I'm saying here is you don't have to share every single biblical truth. You are just representing Christ by being kind and loving and creative. <clears throat> now, this is another thing. Bake and cook. Feeding people with love opens their hearts. Did you know that? I need to hear more amens. I need to hear, I need to hear some amens in here. He, Hebrews 13.2. I'll read this one to you. Hebrews 13.2. We're going to get there. Hebrews 13.2. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. For by this some have entertained angels without knowing it. And notice how it says, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers. So one of the things you find in Middle Eastern culture, uh, where my mom grew up in Morocco, it's very hospitable. And it doesn't, if you come, if you're a stranger, you're welcomed into the house like family. And they treat you like family. It's something that's beautiful in the Middle Eastern and Arab culture, as well as in Jewish culture, is this hospitality. And you can bake or cook. I've seen Anna do this, where she made something. We had some extra, and she went over, and she gave it to the neighbors. And it blessed them. All of this is opportunity where they may ask questions, where you may be in a family setting, and then you can talk to people about Jesus. But unless you're doing something practical, you're never going to have an opportunity to talk to people about Jesus. So we've got to be be the good news in order to share the good news. And these are just some examples. Someone can do, all of you can do something here. Some of you can do a few things here. You know, there's baking and cooking. The fourth thing here, the seven things, the fourth thing is be excellent. Be excellent. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Listen to, listen to that again. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Excellence is a testimony of God's work in your life. So when you do things with excellence... Again, it gives opportunity to share. Why are you doing this with excellence? And they may not use those words. Why, why are you doing this? And, but it's this, this heart to do things, even small things, even little things with excellence that opens up the door to share the good news. And I have seen faith, uh, uh, an example of faith who's had opportunities to, I see on her post, opportunities to share good news about Jesus because she stepped out on the voice and she didn't know if she would get anyone to turn the chairs, but she, everybody turned, everybody stood up, everybody applauded here. She sung worship here many, many times, many, over many years, being a graduate from the Bible school. And she made it to the top four, the top four in Australia this year. 
She should have won. I don't know why they voted for that guy. <laughs> that other guy. I got to zip it. Okay. <laughs> but in my eyes, she's a winner. And uh, they had, she was up against some, some great, uh, great people. Uh, but she made it to the top four. All opportunities now for her to share the good news because she did something with excellence. Be excellent. Next thing, create art. And this has come out before. Art can trigger a conversation about your inspiration. The first thing we read about God in the Bible is that he created. God created the heavens and the earth. And God is in you. The Holy Spirit is creative. You create art. And again, the art doesn't have to have a picture of Jesus. Probably better not to have a picture of Jesus because we don't know what he looks like. <laughs> And we don't want to make an idol. But if there's ways that you can portray Jesus in a wise way. But you create art. You see, Van Gogh he creates you know, this sower, sowing seed. And you create art, and you can tell people about your inspiration. As people ask, they come and look at your art and say, oh, what's that about? And it's an opportunity to share. What inspired you? Those are different questions that people ask about art. Second to last thing, play music. Music gets past barriers and into people's souls. Create music that gives life and glorifies God. Let me read to you Psalm 57, verse 7. My heart is steadfast, O God. My heart is steadfast. I will sing, yes, I will sing praises. Awake my glory, awake harp and lyre, I will awaken the dawn. And then also talks about playing a new song. Well, this is one of the things that I do. Uh, I see, see a little DJ there. <laughs> and the reason why I do these DJ shows and mixes is to communicate to people who normally won't listen to preaching or the Bible but they'll listen to music, and the music has a message, and I use it like a, like a parable to, uh, to speak to people. I had someone a couple years ago who says, you know, I was, on, I was about to commit suicide, but I listened to your mix and changed my whole perspective. And it was about it was bringing some uh, light into the world. And so play music. Music goes past the boundaries. Somebody may be against Christians, but they like the music, and it gets into their heart. It gets into their heart. Lastly, and this goes with another infograph I made. They, they, all, kind of, they all tie together. Act kind. Can I hear an amen? Act kind. The old, proverb, the old proverb goes, you can catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. You can catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. Jesus demonstrated kindness by healing the sick, blessing children, feeding the hungry, raising the dead, and casting out demons. Some of this may seem out of our league, but it's possible through a disciple. But just doing good things, this is what I want to bring out, just doing good things, simple things, little things, by the Holy Spirit's power does wonders. Doing these things, by the power of the Holy Spirit, it does wonders. And this is a good Acts, Acts 10, 38. This is a good scripture to read for Pentecost Sunday here. Now, sometimes when it comes to Pentecost, because the fire fell on the heads of the disciples and they spoke in tongues, we think that the Holy Spirit is only associated with the spectacular, the big things, the big show. Well, that wasn't really meant to be a show. But it was something spectacular, and it got people's attention. But we need to be warned that the Holy Spirit also does little, small things. And they never get written down, but they are very powerful. And they change people's hearts. In Acts 10.38, we read about Jesus. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit, and with power, and how he went about doing good 
and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Amen. I want to read that one more time. You know of Jesus of Nazareth, how God anointed him with the Holy Spirit and with power, and how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And we are his disciples, so we do these same things too. And you may think, well, I don't have the power. You don't have to feel like you have the power, but somebody comes up to you and says, hey, I, I'm sick. Can I pray for you? Something like, oh, okay. Uh, and, and they think you're going to pray for them at a mask and light a candle, and you lay hands on their shoulder right there, and you pray for them. And uh, one time, Anna did this in front of our house because one of the older ladies was sick. A number of weeks later, the older lady came up. They knocked on the door. They said, oh, when you prayed, things worked out. I passed that test that you were praying for. I feel better. And they came to bring some, a good report and thanks to Anna. So what I'm saying here is act kind. And we can all act kind. And kindness opens doors. It opens people's hearts. And it's the way that the kingdom of God advances as we act kind. Amen. Do I hear an amen? amen? So the seven creative things to share the good news are write, craft, bake, and cook, be excellent, create art, play music, act kind. Also, I would just say pray, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to emphasize here? And there may be something that's not on this list <coughs> that the Holy Spirit wants you to do. But do something because in doing that, you're sowing seed. And no excuses. I don't have the money. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. We all have time. I, I, there was a story recently. I don't know if you remember. I was sitting on the, the bench uh, by Sandgate and... There was a family, the, the man was old and said, could I please, they said, could we please sit down on this bench? It was a nice bench, beautiful view. We now, can we sit down on that bench so that, uh, um, uh, so that the, our uh, father can rest? And I said, yeah, you can actually have the whole bench. I've been here long enough. And, and I said, you know, have a good day, be blessed, and got up and let them have the bench. Well, I was walking down, and the, another older man saw me and said, I saw what you did. And at the end of my conversation, I said, God bless you. He said, God has blessed me already because I've seen a young man do something good. Well, last week, I was sitting there trying to get better. Um, and I said, I'll drop you off by the water, and I just wanted some fresh air after being in the bed all day. And so I was there, and guess who comes up to me? That man. The, the man who said, I saw what you did. And he's, this time he said, can I sit down? I said, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm quite sick. If, make sure you stay a little bit distant from me. And he says, oh, that's okay. I appreciate you telling me. And he sat down. And we had an hour-long conversation about every single thing in the world and about every problem in the world. <laughs> Through the conversation, I shared different seeds of good news, about God, about Jesus, and he shared a little bit with me about his beliefs, and it was a profitable time. But I don't think the conversation is over. I think maybe in a couple weeks' time, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to see this man again. He shared with me his whole life, so I can't tell you everything he shared. He shared with me his whole life, and maybe next time, there'll be more of an opportunity, because I believe God has something more for his life than he even realizes even though he's near the latter days of his life. He's in his 70s. So hallelujah. <laughs> now, when God uses you, watch out that you don't fall into pride. The first time God uses someone, now I am the master. <laughs> this is Anakin, right? Anakin from Star Wars. <coughs> we all know what he became. And I have seen this happen so many times with evangelism, especially people going out on the streets doing evangelism. And all of a sudden, God starts to use them, and they think they're their master, and they know it all, and they condemn everybody. 
when God blesses you, he blesses you so you can lift up everybody around you. Not so you can put them down. And not so you can think you're the master. But just the master has used me. I give praise to him. Amen? So it's always good when God uses you to keep a humble heart. So you don't want to end up like Darth Vader. <laughs> All righty. Hallelujah. Yeah, you, we're even using fictional stories here. All right. Let's all stand. We're going to pray. Let's all stand, and we're going to pray. God bless you guys at home. Father, we thank you for the riches of your word. And we thank you that your word challenges us to get out of our comfort zones, to sow seeds, to sow seeds online, to sow seeds in social media, to sow seeds wherever we go, to what the things we create, the things we make, the music we play. Lord, I pray, and the, and the music that we design and create, I'm asking a blessing on your whole body. Those at home, those hearing this online, those here, a blessing that your Holy Spirit would move upon them to create and to sow seeds. And that during this time, of intense pressure and stress, we would keep our eyes on you, Jesus, and our Father who is the provider, and that you provide seed for the sower, and you provide it so that there is a harvest. You're looking for a harvest, and that's what Pentecost is about. It's about a harvest, and we know, we remember that on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people came into the kingdom because the fire fell. And the word was preached. Jesus was lifted up through Peter's words and through the apostles. And Lord, I pray for the fire to once again fall today so that we would be your witnesses and that we would also be faithful in the little things to the ones and twos, to the small and not just to the big. And that the, the spirit of Pentecost will continue to live, that we would be harvesters and that you would use us as farmers, that there would be a mighty harvest. And so I bless everybody here that you would use them in the mighty name of Jesus for a great harvest in your kingdom as harvesters, that you would use all their resources, all their ideas for your harvest. And Lord, we're praying for each one Bless them to be harvesters. This week, I'm praying, even today, for testimonies of you working through these simple things, of you working and us sowing seeds, and that as a church, we believe that you'll bless us and cause us to grow and prosper according to your word. We put everything into your hands, Father. We put this whole time into your hands and thank you for this day because this is the day that the Lord has made. We are going to rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you, Jesus.